welcome to New Life Baptist Preaching, where we grow in discipleship, we grow in relationships, and we grow in Jesus Christ. This segment will be studying the book of Acts, where our risen Christ is made manifest in the early church. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single Sunday. This morning, we're discussing a miraculous event in which Christ heals a lame man through the ministry of Peter and John. And then we'll we'll read through that event, the first 12 verses of chapter 3, and then we'll discuss some of the way that that Peter explained what just happened uh, before the eyes of the Jews. And so I'm going to read just the first 12 verses to get us started, and then maybe verse 16 there as well, and, uh, and then we'll begin. I welcome you to stand if you have turned to Acts 3 and your copy of God's Word. Is, we just honor the reading of God's Word together. Acts chapter 3, I'll read verses 1 through 12, and, uh, and verse 16 there. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man came from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which was called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked in alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something. And Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaped And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto him, unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's greatly wandering. When Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man walk? Verse 16, in his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him, Christ, hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Father, we come to you as we read of this event that was witnessed by so many. Indeed, a profound blessing seeing a lame man walk at the name of Christ. Father, we pray that you impart us wisdom. Lord, that you open the text to us 
And help us to see your name proclaimed. Help us to see the full work that that you put your majesty on display and that you draw believers to yourself. And Lord, let your gospel, the good news of Christ, be preached afresh this morning. That every sinner, everyone not whole, is beckoned to, to come to you through Christ. And so, God, we pray your blessing in this hour. Lord, we pray your blessing upon our brothers and sisters who suffer and for whom we pray in your name. And God, that you would meet with us today, that we would experience your presence, your spirit, and the wholeness that comes only through Christ Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. There was a time in John the Baptist's ministry once he had already preached the coming of the Messiah he was faithful in preparing the way and then he was imprisoned later for for other biblical issues really the, the issue of marriage but in his time of incarceration he his disciples had come and they visited him and, and he told them, he sent them to Jesus. And he said, look, go and ask Jesus of Nazareth if he's the one. Is he the one? I've done all this preaching. Is he the one that was promised to come? Or should we wait on another? And so he sent his disciples to, to Jesus. And Jesus answered And it seemed slightly convoluted, but it was clear. It was altogether clear to his disciples what he was saying. Jesus didn't simply say yes. What he did was he answered with prophecy. He said to them, the blind see, tell John, the blind see and the lame walk. Because that was what was promised about the coming of Messiah. That these miracles that the blind would see and the lame would walk, that that would be fulfilled. And and Christ did this. He He told men before, take up your bed, rise and walk. And so this morning we're reading about this. We're really seeing a continuation of the ministry of Christ through His apostles. We're seeing that just as as Peter explains to them, don't look at me. Don't think that I have possessed any certain or special gifting. But look to Christ. It is His name. It is through faith in Christ that this man was made well. Christ is still making Himself manifest in His apostles. And so all of this bears testimony. It provides them with an audience to preach to. And so that's what we're going to study today. But there is one point of interest. 
before we move on and we see the really beautiful, the more beautiful gift that, that Peter and John had to give, let's just realize the very simple nature, the character of the ministry of these apostles and of the church in giving alms to the poor. Here we've got a guy from the mother's womb who was lame. This is not one who suffered an accident, not one who did something stupid with a ladder at home. He was lame from birth. There was no fault of his own. And Peter and John come to the temple. He makes regular use. He depends on the church. The fact that the man is laid there daily at the temple steps lets us know that he was entirely dependent on the benevolence of the church. That whenever people hit hard times, the church takes care of their own. Not that we have to be all poor, that it's sinful for us to have wealth, but there's a reason that if you were a Christian, you didn't suffer the famine of the lands in which you dwelt. It's because the brotherhood provided for your needs. It may be that we have to experience that again. That we have to bind together, we have to love one another, that whenever needs arise within the body of Christ, we meet those needs. We're called in the scriptures to give alms to the poor. It's a commandment upon the believers. And so we look to the least of these. And so there is a very real desire, I think, for, for Peter and John. There's a very real character trait in which they stop, where they see the needs and the affliction of the body. The ones who depend entirely on the provision of God through the church. And so we shouldn't skim over that. We shouldn't think that they were somehow haughty or um, looked with some sort of disdain upon a man who was relying on them. And what we'll find is he gave them, he gave him something far greater he says well we have what I have I give to you what was the gift that Peter gave one could say that healing that's definitely part of it right Peter says, what I have, I give to you. Doesn't have the silver or gold. He's got something far greater, far greater wealth. He's received the gift of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about that in the past two weeks. The waiting on the promise of the Spirit and then seeing the manifestation of God and really seeing that everything that, that comes out of that, the, the different events that occur are really a byproduct of the presence of God and His Spirit in His church. And so He gives him, He heals him, but He says, listen, this, didn't, this doesn't come from me. It comes from Christ Himself. We see an outworking 
of the going forward of the gospel. It is a gospel ministry that takes place. He doesn't tell him, look at what great things we can do. Look at what great things God has done. He does say that in essence, but he says, look at what God has done through Jesus Christ. And he doesn't even mention the man who's now walking. The gift he gives is the gift that he himself has received in Christ. So not only does the Christian give from what he has, but he gives Christ. The Christian preaches Jesus. That's the goal in all of this. He heals a man. God, God calls him to, to heal here in this instance to continue to fulfill prophecy so that there's an event that no man can deny. There's an interaction from the hand of God. There's divine uh, intervention here. Some people call these signs or sign gifts. And I think that's quite biblical because uh, even Jesus says, you know, you have a sign. But then he also rebukes you wicked generation always looking for a sign. If Sodom and Gomorrah had these signs, even they would have repented. These are signs and others have called this sort of gifting when we're talking about tongues and healing, these really profound events. They're saying they're sign gifts. And we can decide whether there's a different classification of gifts, but what's clear is that these gifts are for a sign. And I think that is true. Is that God has worked in such a way, He has manifested Himself where His gospel is going forward so that no one can deny the full ministry of Christ. So that the prophecy is fulfilled in the ministry of Christ even as it's continued through His apostles. And so they preach Christ. He heals a man. He gives what he has something more profound and I would argue is even more profound than just the healing. He takes the man into the temple. Now surely the man was joyful that his legs worked. That he was made whole immediately. But he doesn't go leaping in the streets. He gets to participate in the worship of God with his people. He gets to go in and hear, hear God's word preached to him from the scrolls and hear with his own ears and not listen from outside. He's given so much more than just his legs being made whole again. We see that in Peter's response. He saw all of these people are in awe that the lame man that they know, they know from birth, the, 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 boy, the poor boy never walked. 
He never took his first steps. And they see he's walking again. They marveled at the sign. They marveled at the lame who walked. And Peter sees it. They're marveling at the sign and what they need is to marvel in Christ. Listen, you've just seen something profound. You know the man, you've seen him walk. And now you're looking in amazement on the man. You're looking in awe upon us. Stop it. Let me tell you about what has occurred in Christ. And as a matter of fact, he begins with a, a, a bit of rebuke. Think of all this that has happened. Think of all that is promised. The Christ that was preached to you. Verse 15, and killed. You have killed him. Really, 1450, you've denied the Holy One and the just. You've killed the Prince of Life whom God raised from the dead. So of Him were witnesses. This man walks as a testimony of the work of God in Jesus Christ. Because there is much greater healing that you are in need of. It's this name that this man has made whole. I don't want you to be ignorant as your rulers were. But as God showed before, had showed by the mouth of all His prophets that Christ would suffer, He hath so fulfilled. And then He preaches in verse 19, Repent ye therefore, be converted and your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. What, what Peter gives to the lame man, he gives to every person who gathered to hear this preaching. Every person who marveled and a man who was clearly healed in the flesh and he says, listen, every one of you can be healed the same way that he was healed. Every one of you is in need of spiritual healing. The lame man becomes a sort of a type so that he can say, this, man, this man's legs were as good as dead, as good as cut off to him. And now he walks because of Jesus. How much more then? Can He heal your soul? Can He make you alive in the Spirit? Can in your day of refreshing, like this man was refreshed this day, his legs made new, you can experience that in Christ. Christ, in Christ, all of this Word is fulfilled. So that not just the blind will see, not just the lame will walk, that sins would be forgiven. That by the end of his sermon, he could say in verse 26 to the Jews, unto you first God 
having raised up His Son Jesus, sent Him to bless you in turning away every one of you from His iniquities. The problem here was more than lame legs that could not walk. Every person in the hearing of this message was in need of Christ. And I would argue without trying to muddy the waters and and what's being expressed as a gift and what's being expressed as a sign and everything else, the true motive behind the preaching and the true blessing of the promise is Christ. It's the whole point of the matter. Jesus. Don't look at us. Don't look at the lame man. Look at Christ. Look at what He can do. And and He can do the far greater wonder of healing you of your sin and of your iniquity. Just like Jesus is the same message Jesus preached. He said, forgive, you're forgiven. To the lame man He healed, He said, you're forgiven of your sins. They didn't marvel because what this man needs is really to walk again. No, they said, who? Who can forgive sins? Jesus said, which is harder? To forgive someone their sins or to make them walk? Take your bed, get up, walk, go home. That's easy. That's child's play. The gift here, the the focal point of the message, of the healing, of the gifting, is Jesus Christ. Jesus preached. Paul said, I decided to know nothing among you but Christ and Him crucified. Elsewhere, in the same letter, Paul says, I've got more gifts than all of you. And yet, he decides to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. It's because the real fact of the matter, the real gift, the real blessing is Christ. So the Christian gives from what he has. He always preaches Christ. Those could almost be the same point. Because this is the gift that they they have. It is what every Christian has. When the silver and the gold run out, we we give Christ from who eternal blessing flows. And so whenever we realize this, Whenever we consider the magnitude of the message and what it is that we give, what it is we receive, the purpose for every blessing and every gift that is given by His Spirit, we come to realize the Christian always experiences a changed life. The Christian always experiences a changed life. Now take note. The man that was lame had never walked a day in his life. We all have fond memories of our children walking for the first time, taking the first step and then falling on their face. And we're so proud. No one, when's the last time someone clapped for you, you know, when you got up and walked? Sometimes in old age we do. We do clap when we see 
That's a, that's a victory. But what I want you to notice is the man doesn't seem to be learning. Praise God, the man is finally learning to walk after all these years. We don't, we don't read that. You read that all of a sudden, his bones were made strong. We see, we see that he's clinging to Peter and to John, but it doesn't seem that he's using them as a crutch. He leaped. Luke tells us he, he, he was going in, he was, he was walking and praising God. He clung to them, but he, he was leaping in the temple. He was made whole. Peter, so, so much whole that, that, that there's no sort of gimmick here like, like some of the uh, faith healers. There's no gimmick. There's no play or optical illusion. Peter's able to preach and say, look, he's made strong. Do you see the strength that's been restored to him? He's never walked since birth. He's not made partial. He doesn't enter into rehab over the course of several weeks. He's made whole in an instant. There's a change in the life of this believer who's healed because of his faith. Many times we don't we don't experience this level of change. And it, ha it has to be this drastic that Peter would say, there's a lame man and he now walks, he's made strong, and he compares this to the way that you who are lost in sin and in your iniquity and you will be forgiven You'll be made whole. This is going to be removed from you. We've got to recognize how much of our sin has not been removed. Is it possible that some would come and see us? Some of our old old buddies or something or old old classmates and they would not see any change. Why is the divorce among professing believers the same as it is the entire world? That's not okay. And it doesn't mean work harder. It doesn't mean that you do, do more of what you've been doing. Peter did not tell the lame man, listen, keep trying, and if you exercise daily, those legs are going to work good for you. He doesn't tell him that. The problem is, is that you are not reliant upon Christ. I'm not talking about healing here. I'm not saying if, if there's something amiss. I'm saying if sin, here's the issue. We're past healing. We're past talking about worldly matters. We're talking about something heavenly. So let's get your head in the clouds here for a minute and realize sin is your issue. 
It's the issue that Peter preached about to all the Jews. Again, fulfilling prophecy, offering salvation first to the Jews and then to us, the Gentile. But there must be a change. And if we haven't experienced this strength, we haven't experienced this spiritual transition, let us go to the one who made this man's legs strong. Rely on Christ. Go again to Christ. The one who strengthens is the one who makes him alive to begin with. The one, the same Spirit, the Spirit that makes us alive in Christ is the Spirit that sanctifies us. There is a work of regeneration where we're made alive and a work of sanctification. It's the same Spirit, the same Christ So whenever we see this event, we need to turn to Christ. It's just that simple. Too many times we come to passages like these and we, like all of the Jews or Pharisees, all of those in the temple, we marvel at the healing and not at the Savior God's provided. Too many times we get caught up in what is in the flesh and of the world and not the spiritual truths. The way God has revealed Himself in Christ. God heals so that Christ is preached and His kingdom increased. And so we think of that as we have so many on our prayer list. And we ask for healing. We would love to see our brothers and sisters healed. But consider, what is your motive? Are any of your prayers even heard before the throne of God because they're not asked rightly? Do we, with so many people, do we, do we ask for healing regardless of the cost? Do we ask for healing that, for the purpose that we be made well? There is not a single person in Scripture that's healed so that they would be made well. Not even one. There's not a single blind man that can see where Christ is preached. There's not a single lame man that walks unless Christ is preached. Ever in Scripture. Whenever we go through our prayer list each week, we, we don't ask you. This is not, the ministry is not so that you'll have a reminder to preach because we don't like sick people in our church. The reason for our prayers, the reason for the faithfulness in the ministry who, who, who brings prayer lists and, and, and the reason we get texts every single day is so that we would see Christ preached and God glorified. So that we see that you in your pitiful condition are made whole in Christ. This is the fact of the matter is those who have come to Christ 
They even receive their pitiful condition. They say with Job, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. May God be glorified. Or with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God can redeem us, but even if he doesn't, we'll not bow the knee. He's God. He's enough. The only goal in all of this text, in every message preached from this pulpit, in every person healed of sickness that we have prayed for, in every sinner saved, is so that Christ would be preached, that Christ would be made manifest in His church. And so, as we walk through, as we study all of the events of Acts, we're going to see a lot more. We're going to see a lot more profound things happen than flaming tongues, than other languages spoken, than lame people walking. We're going to see Christ preached and made manifest over and over and over again. We're not going to study the diversity of the gifts. We're not going to study uh, why this gift is here today and, and this one maybe we're not seeing quite as much. We're going to preach Christ. Where the gift is, let Christ be preached. Where the gift is not, let Christ be preached. Where there is affliction, we thank God that we might learn to rely on His statutes. And so this is the goal of the text. And each week as we see more and more wonderful works of God preached to us in our tongue and evidences of healing and miracles, we're going to hear of Christ. And as one author has said, we're not reading of the Acts of the Apostles, but the Acts of the risen Christ in His church. Father, we come to You. And Lord, first we want to ask forgiveness. Father, so many times that I, even I have been blinded by worldly cares. Even as I have experienced so much of Your grace, and yet Your blessing has brought me to sin, to worry of the paycheck, to, to worry for when and where will my next blessing come from. Father, grant us repentance where we have tested You in prayer, asking for healing, asking for what is miraculous for our sakes because of our own pride or selfish conceit. And Father, we pray that we come to this text and we, we witness what is miraculous and we praise You and we ask again that you, would, that you would work in such miraculous ways even today. But Father, for the one and only purpose that You're made manifest in Your church. 
Father, that the world would see the more miraculous gift of Christ, of a Savior to sinners, of a ransom paid and a resurrection of souls. God, we pray, Lord, that you would change the way that we pray. Lord, that we would change the way that we praise you, not for material or physical gain or ease or comfort of life, but Father, that we would forsake everything. That your name would be preached in all the earth. That the world would see a church who after so many years no longer needs to walk and to see. But that we would walk by faith and not by sight. That we would walk where provision is not given. That we would walk where our health is not promised to us. But Father, that we would truly see a treasure in Christ that nothing can destroy. Father, that this your church would become like Peter and John. And regardless of of ways that you've gifted us in our day, Father, that you would glorify yourself. That you would magnify the name of Jesus so that at your coming, every tongue would confess and every knee would bow before a name that we have gladly preached in blessing and in persecution. Father, that we be a church who is changed, who is different from and set apart from the world. All of this we ask in His precious name, the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to New Life Baptist Preaching, where we grow in discipleship, grow in relationships, and grow in Jesus Christ. Subscribe so you don't miss a single sermon and come and grow with us.